Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's What If. Heroes are never really gone. They live forever, as do the ones they inspire to carry on the fight. Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and I'll be your guide through these alternate realities in this Watch Club for What If, Episode 6, titled, What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark? If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode, well, you have to wonder, what if you did? And then came right back for some interdimensional conversation. Now, before our jobs are slowly overtaken by our cousin through a meticulous plot to overthrow us, let me introduce you to our lovely versions, all the lovely versions of the hosts joining us today. Now, before I do that, though, what if in this universe, Kevin and Darcy chose to go on vacation for a week? <laughs> well, we'd still have Justin. <laughs> yes, you would. You would still have me. I'm sorry, but that you're stuck with me. Hey, it's okay, because what if he was a she, and she was a little shorter, a little less awkward, and followed her illustrative dreams, she'd become Megan Clara of Megan Clara Draws and the Video Dames Podcast. Megan, welcome in. Hello. I don't know about a little less awkward. I might be a little bit more awkward. <laughs> I, I feel like you're just as awkward as me, so it's okay. Yeah. It's totally fine. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, then we don't have to adjust too much for the character direction for your character for, for this <laughs> no, not too alternate much. take of Justin. Uh, how are you doing on this fine uh, evening? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm a little yes. bit, uh, a, a little bit on the less energy side. I had a busy yeah. weekend last weekend, but that's okay. Nothing like a good watch club uh, and good what if episode to uh, to bring the energy up. You know, hopefully oh, yeah. we can get some uh, some bombs, you know, going on, and we'll. <laughs> We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll bring it up a little bit. Uh, now, for anyone who's tuned into our various watch clubs before, you know, you might know Megan as she's joined us for so many watch club episodes, including our recently wrapped Bad Batch watch club. She joined us for the last few episodes of that. Um, but Megan, for the marvelous geeks listening, can you let them know who you are and what you're all about? Absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is Megan, or Megs, um, also known as Megan Clara Draws on the internet. Um, I'm a self-taught character designer and illustrator, and I'm also one of the lovely members of the Video Dames podcast, um, where we like to talk about a lot of geeky stuff as well. Very cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, we'll definitely hear some of your, your geeky thoughts about this series, and I know you've kind of already discussed on that show um, you know, in terms of your thoughts on the illustration and the look of this series. Oh, yeah. Just before we dive into everything, for our geeks listening here on, on this podcast, what are your thoughts on the, the look of this, given your, your history within uh, illustration? Oh, my gosh. I Number one, when Marvel said they were coming out with this new animated series, I was overjoyed um, <laughs> because of the animation talk we've all had recently. I was very excited for their take <laughs> on animation um, and they're doing a fantastic job. Um, the landscapes are one of my favorite parts of this show mm. and it's some of the art that I find the most interesting to look at because I have a hard time doing it myself. Um, and also the cinematics of fight sequences in this show 
are stunning when it comes to the animation. I really love, I think in every single episode, if there's been a fight scene, which I think there has in every single episode. Pretty, um, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, they've been incredibly cinematic. And I, I know that word can be a little bit overused, but oh my it's... God, yes. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just shocking that you're, you kind of forget that you're watching a quote-unquote cartoon. You know, that word does get overused, cinematic, right? But it mm-hmm. is to really describe, and I think it's the only word that, like, as, as an audience that we can use generally to describe the movie-like feeling, the live-action quality. It's a word used to translate that sort of aesthetic. And I, I totally yeah. agree with you. It's a buzzword. It's totally it's totally there. But you're right. It, it It's how it it puts the camera in place of what we're seeing, right? It doesn't just look at it as a 2D piece of art. It, it is three-dimensional. It is in the space. It it feels very intentional with how it's mm-hmm. done. And I think that's where that sort of cinematic, air quote, cinematic mode yeah. comes from. Well, and even in the simplest camera spot with... Um, the very beginning when Tony's on his phone and then all of a sudden the missile passes and it it's like a quick movement to the missile. That is something that doesn't happen a lot in animated shows because it just doesn't feel like a natural thing to show off, but it works in this show. And that's where the cinematic qualities come in because again, it's like almost a shot for shot deal with Iron Man 1. So there's a lot of that that plays into it as well. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm in awe of this show. I also had the lucky opportunity to participate in Lightbox Expo this past weekend. And I watched a panel of the creators of What If, and they were talking about how crazy this show has been for them. Um, They have been working on it for the last two years. So the fact that it's only been two years of them working on it is crazy. And one of the things that stuck out to me was when they were doing character design for the show, they would flip out a character in a day. Like that's how quickly they had to get stuff going. And that's not normal for animated shows and movies. It takes them like a year to figure out what their characters are going to look like. So um, my I've hands off to hats off, I should say, to the... um, people who've worked on this show because they've done a fantastic job that's super cool that's dope yeah and i i really you can really see the love and attention that's paid to you know just visually uh in the characters and as you said in the backgrounds and stuff like that so um listen i'm stoked to discuss this episode with all of you but before we do uh let's go over the intro every journey has a beginning but change one step along the way and you could end up at a very different destination But without Tony Stark's fateful capture in Afghanistan, the age of Iron Man would never come to pass. Though the man was saved, a hero was lost, and a villain was given a new chance. All right, so let's let's dig our claws into this, uh, and let's just quickly, I just want to hear your high-level thoughts on the episode itself, uh, kind of as we we kind of uh, kick things off here. Megan, why don't you get us started? Absolutely. Um, I gotta say that intro threw me off. I thought it was going to be like a redemption for Killmonger, but it turns out he's just a hell of a lot smarter than he was in Black Panther. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah. I think it, it was, I mean, it was delightful to to get to see a little bit more of Killmonger's capabilities. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if we should have liked that, but, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this was definitely a story about a villain, um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I think it brought together two characters that y- you would not think to bring together. 
and from opposite ends of, of what when we have met them in the MCU, obviously we're reliving the moments from our introduction to the MCU, which is Iron Man moments through this episode. And, you know, that was so intentional with just how it looked and, and how it lined itself up with with really establishing where in the MCU we are and then obviously taking us down uh, a different journey. And the, the obviously the, the the payoff for this is that their dest both of their destinies are changed, right? And you know, there's just there's such strength in how they portrayed Killmonger's character in this episode. Um, you know, granted, the only thing I thought that was really missing was a little bit more of his backstory and his motives. You know, we got such a clear view of that in Black Panther. But here, you know, unless his, his views were the same and, and his motives were the same. Yeah, I mean, it kind of I think the whole idea was he he wanted to become the Black Panther. And I I don't know. I just thought this episode's pacing was was actually really well done. It was funny. I got to halfway through the episode and I was just kind of like, well, that was a pretty good episode. And then I pressed the little button to see how much time was left. I'm like, there's still 16 minutes left in this episode. Uh, and, uh, and it was just so cool. It really felt like they were able to squeeze a whole Marvel movie into this. And I know I've said that in, you know, about previous episodes uh, in this show, but I don't know. I love the way they weaved different storylines, different locations from the MCU movies, uh, all very recognizable. Uh, it felt kind of like a little bit of a celebration of, of sort of what T'Challa stood, stood for, for. Yeah. what his character stood for, yeah. uh, especially near the end there, uh, and especially through the character of Shuri. But I love how it was juxtaposed with Killmonger at the very center of it. Um, you know, so I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I think it was, uh, it was a really exciting way to see. And I also loved how they sort of, juxtaposed these two humans using different technologies. You know, you've got your Stark technology, you've got your Wakandan technology, but just to see the amount of similarities they were to draw in between Tony Stark and Killmonger was awesome. And the fact that they were both like orphans and I don't know, man, super cool. Super yeah, cool stuff. yeah. I think that it, what's cool too is that they drew the parallels between these two characters through the loss of, you know, not having a father in their life. With Killmonger, he was able to find that that part that he could feed off of of Tony, and he used it to his advantage to accelerate his plans, uh, which I think is just is such a creative strategy of how you showcase the villain's strength. Yeah, and I I think. Again, I think Killmonger as a villain is is such an excellent villain, and I think it was shown. I actually think it, he it was a better showing of him in this short thirty three minutes than it was in the actual movie of uh, the Black Panther movie. I think it was such a good job. I think um, Michael B. Jordan did such a good job with the voice and and the reading of the lines. Um, and that's kind of where I want to start is is right at the center of it with Eric Killmonger. Do you you know I want to kind of hear Megan your thoughts on this first. Do you think the the events of this episode, do you, do, is it trying to perpetuate the idea of Killmonger as an anti-hero? And after seeing his actions in this episode, do you feel like like he could be redeemed for you? Do you think we could you could ever see Killmonger, if it was the same Killmonger from this universe, as a redeemable hero after what he did? Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> there were yeah. many times throughout this episode. He's fantastic and... I don't like a lot of villains and I really like him as a villain. Yeah. And there were so many moments throughout this that I was like, oh, he's definitely going to do this next. And then something different happened. And then, oh, mm. well, he's probably going to kill that person next. And then he didn't. And it was just like <laughs> he, trying to understand the way his brain works is hard because mm -hmm. he's so calculated and knows exactly how he's going to go about becoming king of Wakanda. And right avenging his father the mm -hmm. way he dreams he should 
Right. Um, but yeah, I don't think he really has much of a chance to be redeemable. <laughs> I don't think he cares to be redeemed. I don't think he's ever going to be a good character in this universe, at least. I mean, because when I, when I think of like characters being redeemed, like the, the biggest redemption arc that I always think of is Darth Vader, uh, Anakin Skywalker, sure, yeah. and seeing him go from someone who literally kills a room full of children to at the end where Luke is holding him in his arms and he's he's dying and you sort of just have this like odd feeling this really weird feeling inside of you where you're like how am I rooting for this guy to live right now like how am I you know what I mean and of course you get all that extra storyline up through it through the Clone Wars of, of Anakin and everything that he's all about but to see him kill T'Challa that part to me just was where I was like ah, I don't know if I could I don't know if I could ever root for this guy I don't know yeah, yep. it is true that that him killing T'Challa was there. I didn't think he was going to do it. I didn't think he was going to kill any of the people, but they really went yeah. there with this episode. He he killed he killed Rhodey. He he killed Rhodey. T- T'Challa, he killed Stark. Like yeah. he he went on a murder spree. So he killed Claw? He killed Andy Circus? Yeah, he killed Claw. Well, right? oh, yeah. so, so delightful that Andy Circus. Yeah, I was so glad to see him in the show. I was, I was happy. Yeah. Um, I just think, though, that like there's such an intrigue around his motives. Because, like, Nate, you said he was out to be the next Black Panther. And I think mm-hmm. maybe while never stating it, I, f- I feel like his intention was was his father's intention, which was to to break down the barriers between Wakanda and and the real world and that the people of the real world needed the benefits of the technology and and the the, the fortitude of of Wakanda to help move people that are suffering and I think in in a very undertone way about about black p- culture as well yep. expanding within within the awareness piece so I think that that was his motive and I think there was a lot of people when when Black Panther came out that would that would say that Killmonger was more of an anti-hero but you know that being said I I think that I don't think we're done with seeing him in this in this world. I think that we know that we're going to see him come back in in some capacity as as trailers and stuff like that have have shown clips of a potential Avengers style where he's there. Uh, in what capacity we don't know, but again, I think that there is this intention to kind of establish how he's a villain, but maybe work through some sort of redemption piece. Not next episode, like not in the finale, but I just think that we're not done with seeing this character. I think we will see him again in in another another story. Uh, also, just as you were as you were discussing about Chadwick Boseman, um, I gotta say this this one of all the episodes that we've seen him appear feels like the the, the send off to his character the most. Um, yeah, and I obviously we don't know if we'll be getting that in a Black Panther sequel capacity, but I think this one did a really great job. And Nate, you said it so well. This episode showcases what T'Challa stood for and what made him so great, and and just the huge icon that he is within uh, the MCU. So, yeah, I, I really yeah, and I think it. I think Uatu literally says goodbye to Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. You know, like heroes are never really gone. Uh, they live forever, as do the ones they inspire to carry on the fight. Like it's just, it's so beautiful and so well done, and the way that they do bring that through through to Shuri. And, and listen, we'll get to that part of the episode for sure. Um, but before we do, I just want to quickly go back for one second. Um, you mentioned the scene where Killmonger and T'Challa have that interaction. Uh, they talk, and he says, "You know, was it was it really worth it?" Um, and you know, I think to to what you're kind of describing of. Killmonger wanting to complete what his dad wanted of of getting the the technology out into the world. I kind of feel like I don't know. At least with this Killmonger, that isn't the case. Uh, he talks about the idea of like 
you know, having power and how that's that's the most important thing to him. So, you know, would, do you really think he would open up the Wakandan technology and give it to the rest of the world? Like, I, I feel like he'd want to keep that for himself, seeing as he, you know, they're able to be so powerful with it and then take on Tony Stark, Stark Industries and take on, you know, all that extra um, tech. Um, I wanted to kind of just uh, also kind of bring up the aspect of that technology, you know, with, with Tony Stark and his character kind of being at the center for warfare technology and how prevalent that is in the episode and throughout all of, or the beginning of Tony's life. What did you think of the pairing between the Stark tech and the Wakandan tech, seeing how it was, you know, up against each other, how it was used in this episode? I, I thought what was really interesting is that, you know, he comes back from the desert and he doesn't want to make weapons in the MCU. Here he's coming back and he wants wants to make bigger and badder weapons, right? Weapons that will will stop people and, and help help save the American lives or the soldiers' lives, rather. Um, so I think that like right in that sort of juxtaposition of moments and and seeing the opposite end and seeing what motivates and fuels him and like you said to see the Wakandans' technology so prevalent in this episode, um, it was fantastic. And and also just again seeing that unique fighting style and just seeing them tear down these droids, it was so good. Oh, I love. I also really love the moment um, when they're in the process of building the first machine, uh, Tony and Killmonger together, and he says, "We could maybe we could miniaturize the arc reactor." No, that's a stupid idea. (laughs) I laughed out loud. Yeah, Yeah, and I also felt like I felt like Michael B. Jordan was literally saying the line, "I like anime." Because yeah. I, I know he, he has a big <laughs> anime, anime fan. fan. Yeah, yeah. So for, for him to carry that through to Killmonger's character was super cool and a lot of fun, uh, especially with the design of those those bots. So different oh, yeah. from from what you would anticipate from Tony Stark, right? So, But also, like, with, uh, with seeing them, like, you know, the Wakandans have, like, their spears and their, like, their blanket that have the holographic shield in front of them. Sure, okay. But those <laughs> spears, like, they're fighting... They're going into a gunfight with spears, and to just see them kick ass was so freaking excellent. Um, and and the different characters we got to see, we got to see freaking Queen Ramonda as a general. Like, did you the know general. that? Did you was she a general? Is she a general in in the MCU? So. Like, I'm trying so. to. She I don't didn't think pick so, up like, a spear then, did she? No, but like she was epic. Oh. And if she was like this oh. in the MCU, like Angela Bassett, oh, I would that would be interesting, Let's right? Go. But it was pretty cool to see her like just tear those droids down like it was nuts yeah so good and that was another moment where i thought the way that the direction of the show was going that killmonger was gonna get rid of the i'm so sorry i forget the character's name the head of the dormilaje okoye okoye yeah i thought he was gonna get rid of her i thought he was gonna get rid of the general i thought like i was prepared for him to try to like sneakily take one of them down, make it look like a robot did it, and then again um, show off like he's being this epic hero by trying sure. to avenge her, and yeah. then but that didn't happen. So no. <laughs> there were but yeah, he, did, he was welcomed. Sneakier. It is interesting though how he was welcomed and he didn't make a move after Mm-mm. right. Like he didn't he didn't try to kill the king. He didn't try to kill anyone. He just wanted to get in there. Right. Yeah. And, and I think he, he but I, I, he understood that like like he knows that he needs all these people in place to get yes. what he wants. He, yeah. he needs all these chess pieces. He can't knock them off the board that easily. Um, mm-hmm. So to see him come in and to see him ride those those rhinoceros things yeah. like so good. Um, so good. I mean, listen, we do with the Dormilaje in this episode, we do see a lot of bald heads, uh, but there's one bald head 
that I need to bring up that we like to bring up every week in a segment we call Watch or Watch. Uh, <laughs> Justin, I've got you on Watch or Watch this week. Where did we see old Baldy show up in this well, episode? I think we saw him. We saw him at the intro. In the intro, yes. he was narrating again. It's our directly to us, directly to us, yeah. and it transitions. Yeah. And then I remember seeing him in the landscape, and I'm trying to remember where. I think it was in Wakanda. Like I think it's somewhere yeah. in the middle there. Or was that my thinking of the ending? There's three spots, right? But he's always just in the landscape i think it's actually the ending though that he narrates that he says those lines right don't we see him say those lines in the stars mm-hmm. yeah. um mm-hmm. i think so i think so i might be wrong but yeah you see him three times so he's he's getting close he's getting closer he's getting closer we're seeing him tell that story too also the first time that he shows up he's in like full color yeah there's yeah. no hiding him now yeah. Yeah, he's, he's there. Not, yeah, exactly. He's 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 loud and he's proud. Oh yeah, uh, and he's uh, <laughs> you know it's interesting to the fact that we do keep seeing him almost every single time we see the sort of major conflict happening. You know, the major the the sort of the third act of the of every one of these stories, he's right there, super close up and personal, and specifically. It's interesting to see that he's on the different planes. Like he's actually, he can be anywhere. Obviously, he's the watcher, but but just to see him so close in that interaction with T'Challa and and Killmonger, I just thought was it is interesting to note just sort of where he does pick and choose to sort of reveal himself. I guess to us, the audience. Um, but yeah, man, I I'm so excited to sort of see how he hopefully starts to interact with these characters more and more, and and sort of where they go from this and. It is another thing to, to, I'm excited to sort of see when we finish this series um, to kind of get a better understanding in terms of the flow for the episodes. Because you you have to wonder, like, I wonder if these episodes are in the ra- in the order that they were originally intended to be, right? Because no. they can kind of be mixed up because they, they don't necessarily follow an exact plot, at least yet. Well, I think... Um, but was, I'm just wondering if there's, if there's some aspect to how... He is showing up how that will, you know, sort of if you were to reorganize the episodes, is there a better structure for that, if you know what I mean? Right. Like, is there are we going to suddenly see an episode next week where he's very he's like hidden in the background more? Right. We get less of this like forward narrative speaking one. And I I think that's that's fair to say. I'm wondering, though, if, you know, the transition episode was 100 percent. Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange, where we saw a lot more of him. But you know, there's a lot of there was a lot of discussion that zombies was pushed up. Um, so I think it's interesting though that interesting. Uh, to your point, Nate, they can they can shuffle these around, but they need to make sure that they are still telling the story. It doesn't really matter because I think at the end is where it's all going to come together. Absolutely, and I again one of the, my insider moments of watching the What If group talk um, this past weekend, they actually did mention that. I don't know if it was like openly saying that they could have reorganized everything, but they said, I'm glad we chose to put Captain Carter as the first episode. For sure. Interesting. So yeah. there was, a, it was up for debate. Maybe it was up they. for debate. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I think they've, de- I think they've chosen the right structure. Like I think yeah. follow zombies following Dr. Strange was a good sort of like alternate to the dark. And we're, and then this is, yeah. we're still dark in the sense that we've just seen more people die. Right, like there's a lot of death since episode three. You know what I mean? So I mean, and and I think you know, it it is interesting. We see from week to week, we kind of have these questions of like, how are we going to see this potentially play out in the MCU in general? And I don't. I the thing for this episode is it is really tough to sort of consider that. Um, you know, we know that Killmonger is is dead in our version of the MCU. Uh, but what if 
life uh, 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 finds a way. Uh, that's Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> maybe in the next Black Panther movie, do you think it's possible we could see, you know, either this Killmonger or a Killmonger, you know, Killmonger come back in any way, especially knowing a lot of the mystical elements that go into the Wakandans and, and what they're capable of and, and the different planes of existence. Um, is it possible that we, we get Michael B. Jordan? Because I know he is advocating quite heavily to, he wants to continue playing that that character even beyond uh, this animated show. I think that there's, there's ways that his character could come back. It would just be interesting to kill him and then somehow bring him over through the multiverse and like reintroduce him. I think that's a bit strange. But in, at the same time, it's like when we think of Black Panther's origin story, Killmonger is a huge part of that. And, you know, if they hadn't killed his character, uh, you know, it does make sense for, for him to carry that mantle as Black Panther. That being said, I do think Shuri will probably become the Black Panther because there's, there's a lot of hype around that. But, but yeah, I think, I think this does leave that possibility as, as you've mentioned, Nate, like open that somehow a variant of Killmonger could definitely show up. And I think it's, I mean, with Shuri, it is interesting you bring up the idea of her becoming Black Panther. I'm almost wondering if they, if they find a way to immortalize the character of Black Panther, at least within live action, as Chadwick Boseman, uh, and move forward with maybe another name for for Shuri. I know there's been a, a few names in the comic books in terms of different different versions that she could she could be. Um, but I I almost wonder too, would they maybe call you know, uh, a group of Wakandan, you know, the Black Panthers, would it maybe be a way to sort of rebrand like the name of the people, similar to how a lot of people sort of thought like the idea of like the Skywalkers would be a way to continue the legacy of right. of Luke and, and Leia onwards. Like you're a Skywalker um, if you're a Jedi. Yes, you're yeah. exactly. Yeah. Instead of a Jedi, you're yeah. a Skywalker. So I could see them doing something like that with the Dora Milaje or with, with uh, you know, and maybe she just ends up leading them or something like that. Um, but, you know, speaking of Shuri, at the end of the episode, we do see Shuri in Pepper's office, revealing that she knows about their common enemy in Killmonger. Uh, and so if we return to this universe, what do you think Shuri and Pepper would need to do to defeat the king of Wakanda, uh, Killmonger. You know, maybe at that point, uh, Baba is gone, and he is now Baba. the king of Wakanda. He's no longer the prince; he's the king. You know what? What do you think would need to happen for Pepper and Shuri to uh, to to maybe defeat Eric? Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so. It sounds so much less cooler than Killmonger. I get why he chose that name now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely don't refer to Killmonger on a first name basis. It's it's definitely. Killmonger. I'm um, Eric. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough I, question. Yeah, I think Pepper introduces Shuri to Tony's tech, and I think how sick would it be if instead oh, of that's her becoming idea. instead of her becoming Iron Man or the Black Panther, she becomes. The Iron Panther. Whoa! <laughs> right? Or Ironheart. I feel like she right? could or, be... Yeah, but she could be, she could be Ironheart, but I think... It would, how cool would it be, though? No, the Iron true. Panther? Come on, dude. I Especially do like that idea. I, didn't think, I did not think of that. That is a great call-out to, to think of the fact that, like, she's so advanced in terms of her knowledge of what she's she, experienced. She'd figure con- it out. She would be able to engineer Stark Tech beyond what... Tony was able to do right totally so. especially because Tony was so focused in this instance in this universe on warfare she would be focused on finding a way to like I don't know just advance his tech to to, to be used for Wakanda for the better uh, Megan do you think that's how it might go down do you think she'd be play, a pretty badass uh, Iron Panther 
Oh my god, that's a fantastic idea. I can totally see her, um, like, see the Iron Panther fighting and being super badass, and then, like, it somehow goes through the eyes and she's just, like, chilling playing video games or something, because that's what she did in the car in Black Panther. She's, like, not actually in the car. She just... Right. Right, she builds like a, almost like someone outside of it, not in a suit, but outside of it. Wow, whoa, yeah. whoa! You could do that epic thing where it's the fake out death, where it just like it explodes or something, and you're like, "No, Sherry, what?" And it's like she's fine. She's just like chilling. And she's like, what she, are those? she she presses. Yeah, she like she like clicks her heels together on her dope ass Nikes or whatever, and then all of a sudden <laughs> another one pops up or something. Super cool. I love it. I love it. Um. All right. Um. Cool. Well, listen. I also wanted to just quickly shout out the line right at the end that I did think was really, you know, because Justin, you talked about the the aspect of of how this uh, episode does focus, especially with Michael B. Jordan, with Killmonger sort of talking about the aspect of you sat by and, and you know, while, while so much injustice was happening to our people, you sat by and, and didn't do anything. And, you know, you kind of have... Um, T'Challa, I keep wanting to say Chadwick, you have T'Challa with that incredible line of, of just him, you know, reminding Killmonger that this is not, you know, power that you, this is power you stole. It was unearned. Um, it's very volatile uh, and it'll get the best of you eventually. Um, but I love kind of at the end how Shuri sort of, they, they sort of get to the very end and they, they just kind of bring up this idea of peace and, um, you know, they Pepper and her talk about the common enemy that both sides refuse to see. And Shuri quickly responds, and I love how quickly she responds with, so let us open their eyes together. Like, just... (sighs) This episode's writing was just so fantastic, and so... It was so heartwarming, and I would would say the same thing if Chadwick was still alive. For sure, Um, 100%. I just think it was such a wonderful Mm -hmm. message. Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's exactly... You said it it right at the top of the show. It reminds you, at, at its core, what t'challa was about as a character mm-hmm. yeah. what he stood for and that reminder to killmonger that he didn't he didn't earn it it was stolen right and it's a very it's a very potent thing to, to be immersed in that and what what came of that is new strength among friends like among allies Ah, uh, i just uh I, I dug it a lot i thought this episode was great let's kind of kind mm-hmm. of wrap things up here i want to know uh, your overall thoughts and your final score, which for this episode, we're actually going to be rating it on a scale of one to five Killmonger cuts. Megan, let's start with yourself. Okay, this, I will say immediately after it finished, I think this is probably my favorite episode. Wow. Um, I loved, I've always from my standpoint, I loved the animation. Um <laughs> I loved the design of of the whole thing, um, the way they brought so many memorable scenarios and locations to this world was really cool. Um, how they introduced Killmonger in this different light that made him feel like a different character, but then he came out stronger than he was in Black Panther. Uh I just like so many different connections and callbacks to all these movies that they've all been in. I, yeah, I loved it. I'm, I don't want to give it a perfect score, but also how can I not give it a perfect score? (laughs) I'm going to give it five Killmonger cuts out of five. I mean, as someone who has, you know, given a T'Challa episode, a five out of five. I completely understand where you're coming from with that rating. Megan, 
Uh, Justin, what about yourself? What, what was your uh, final score or rating for uh, for this episode of out of Killmonger Cuts? Well, I, I, again, I, I, as I was saying at the top of the show, uh, I really enjoyed the episode. It brought together these very two unlikely characters whose influence on each other's lives affect their destiny. You know, one becoming the villain, and we're never we never get a hero like Iron Man, right? The animation for this episode was fantastic. I loved it. I think it was so on point, especially how they match themselves to Iron Man so well at the beginning, just to give you that familiarity of like where we are in the timeline and and what story we're drawing upon and what what events were about to change. I think it's really strong to like start that episode just like we started that movie. Um, and yeah, like we were already saying, this felt like a real heartfelt send-off to T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman with very, very thoughtful writing and very intentional uh, writing in that it, it, you know, it felt like just a reminder of who he is T'Challa, but also who he is Chadwick Boseman, what he stood for and why he was so committed to this character uh, to even to to voice him three times in this series uh, as as the Black Panther, as T'Challa. So I think, you know, again, huge, huge little bit. I'm going to give it five out of five. Uh, Killmonger. Wow! Cuts. So yeah. it's the second one. It's the second one out of <laughs> out of the two. I think I think this is a, a an awesome episode, um, and and really does bring together this idea of what if. Like like I think it's just a perfect representation of of a what if scenario, if we distill it down to just the core events that happened and and how they were influenced. So beautiful. And Bravo. is this your first five out of five? No, for, last week I this? gave I gave zombies a, a solid five out of five, I'm pretty sure. Last oh, right, week. right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, yeah, this episode, I thought it was so much fun. The Wakandans uh, fighting, again, seeing Queen Ramonda just oh, so freaking incredible. When she when she has tears dripping down her face and she's, you know, for T'Challa, I was just like, wow! Like, so cool to see and just to get those feelings and, and again, I know there's a, there's a large group of people unfortunately that they they say it's cartoon this is you know it's a cartoon i'm not going to watch it they're missing out on these incredible moments right so um i think it just highlights how incredibly badass the wakandans are because at the end of the day they're just humans and and they're humans with access to incredible technology and you get the 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 you know, contrast of the stark tech with the drones and the mechs and the guns and the wakandans with the spears and yet they decimate those mechs so well um i thought the voice acting in this episode was great fun to see arrogant tony stark again yeah. uh, to see him you know even Not though it humbled. wasn't it wasn't yeah, it w- it, even though it wasn't the the voice actor that we would have wanted it to be, I great it, voice you know, actor though. I think he was great. Yeah, yeah. Job. he did, did a, a great, great job, job, right? Like right, times yeah. I was like, is that Tony? Is that Tony? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there there it doesn't sound like Tony, but when he delivers that line, that one line, he sometimes sounds like him. Uh, Pepper was a little distracting. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I kind of would have kind of preferred it to be Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, but I thought Michael B. Jordan and his line delivery was spectacular in this episode i thought he was he did such a good job i think it actually shows him as such a a great villain and i feel like this episode he got some well-deserved spotlight for that character um and seeing him work through this episode and deceiving everyone he interacted with was such a sort of it was very delightful but i felt bad for enjoying it so much which i think is the sign of a great villain and so i you know overall i think i really did enjoy what they did with this story um, and how it made me feel throughout the 33 minutes runtime. The music, we also didn't chat ch- about the music. It's really quickly. The Wakandan drums with like the Spider-Verse trap style music oh, was so yeah. good. And I know that's sort of like the Killmonger sort of theme uh, of, of those two uh, ideals mixed together. Ah, oh, 
shout out to the composer for this series because that was so freaking good. I'm giving this episode four and a half Killmonger cuts out of five. Uh, I can't say it was perfect, but I did. What really, wasn't perfect about really it? Really like it. Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, Gwyneth. I think. <laughs> I think some of the uh, some of the the voice acting was a bit distracting, and then Justin, to what you brought up, the aspect of not sort of not painting as clear a picture of sort of his motivations or his intentions this time around, which I get. Like, there's a lot that we have to like sort of have a previous understanding of, and they trust us as sure. MCU fans, and I love that the creators trust yeah. us to have that understanding of of sort of oh, we know what Killmonger's all about, but I think it could have just put this episode reminder. right at the top for me. Yeah, just a reminder. If, if we got least. a bit of yeah. a reminder like or if we got a bit of a, an understanding. Like he was yeah, part of that like flashback that sequence. Like then we would have been, been reminded cool. of, you know, yeah. what, because that's how we were introduced to why he was so motivated in Black Panther is by seeing his past with his father, right? So yeah. missing gap. Yeah, and you think about the fact that he was such a main character in this episode of this show, but really he was only in one movie out of the like yeah. over 20 that we have to yeah. reference for this show too, right? So sure. it it's, would be good to know a little bit more right. again. Yeah, well, ho- here's to hoping we'll get to see Michael B. Jordan return uh, in yes. the MCU uh, as, a, as a, a anti-hero or as another villain or something along those lines. Yes, and I'd also love to point out that you said the voice acting maybe isn't all that great in this episode. However, I agree that Michael B. Jordan is probably one of the best returning actors to voice his own character so well. Like right, I've noticed, it's, it's, it's not the same. You know, voice acting yeah. and acting is not the same. People, a lot of people will tell you. No. Awesome. Well, listen, I've I've definitely enjoyed your both your voices in this episode of. Watch Club. Uh, and listen, if you enjoyed the art and visuals in this episode, you might also enjoy some of the incredibly, incredibly. If you enjoyed some of the art and visuals in this episode, you might also enjoy some of the incredible geeky art done by the one and only Megan Clara Draws. Megan, uh, one more time, can you let the geeks listening know where they can they find the, the wonderfulness uh, that is your artwork and maybe hear more of your fantastic geeky and maybe hear more of your fantastic geeky thoughts. Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at MeganClara.Draws. And you can also find me on the Video Dames podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are also on Instagram at HelloVideoDames. Also, I'm doing weekly sketches of uh, what if. Yeah. And I mean, I'm already seeing, I just, I just opened it up here. I'm seeing a, <laughs> I'm loving the, the Thor frog. That you've yeah. got rocking over there. <laughs> that was a light box thing. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That Super fun, cool yeah. stuff. Uh, all right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And, and you might ponder the question, what if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club? Well, I'll throw that question over to our resident timekeeper, Justin. You can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest content released on Disney Plus out now, including our spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, our spoiler-free review for Only Murders in the Building, and we dropped our spoiler-free review for Kate 
on Netflix, which if you don't know is an awesome sort of alternative for, for those who love the John Wick action style uh, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So definitely go give those episodes a listen and a five-star review if you don't mind. Justin and Megan, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And even though we do not, cannot, and will not interfere, we are The, the Watchers. Watchers.